Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz. I am joined by my guys Tony, aka Tony on Tap, Johnny Nani, and NWI Steve. And we are here with our White Sox season preview show. Before we get into this, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap at on Tap Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five-star rating and review because that's cool and tough. And this show is brought to you by Grandstand. Grandstand is the name. Tradition is their game. Grandstand has been family-owned and operated for three generations. Want authentic gear? Go to Grandstand and browse their amazing selection. From the south side to the north side to the west side to Lakeshore Drive, every team's gear is there. Grandstand carries all the major brands in officially licensed goods like New Era, Nike, Mitchell & Ness, and much more. Plus, Grandstand has the greatest Chicago sports selection under one roof for the entire family. From newborn to big and tall, they're sure to have something for you to rep your favorite team. Follow Grandstand on social media for all the new up-to-date releases and message your staff with any questions. Follow Grandstand on socials at Grandstand underscore socks or go to GrandstandSocks.com. Grandstand is located at 600 West 35th Street in Chicago, Illinois, and you can reach them by phone at 773-927. 1984. Start a tradition with Grand Stand today. Woo! That was a good ad read. Ma, felt good. Getting myself hyped up. I got to crack a beer after. God damn, Buzz. You're just killing that shit. Here we go. Okay. That, dude, guys, that's awesome. Especially since we just gave away the Tim Anderson jersey and the white, the on-tap swag pack. The boys are back shirt. Because the boys are back tomorrow. I can't wait, guys. Oh, absolutely. The Woo! boys are back. That's that's great. I'm off to a hot start. I don't even know where I put my beer. So uh, you can roll it in. Uh, I'm going to go find those because we're going to need them tonight. <laughs> How the hell are you go and lose a beer before we even get going? Steve, comment on this man losing his beer. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, look, season's already off to a great start here. I mean, you know, you got Eloy, you know, breaking his body in half, and Tony can't find a damn beer. Look, things are rolling already. It, it seems to be that way. It seems to be that way. And Nani, Nani, I, I've missed you, bud. We haven't been on the mic together in a while. You yeah. know, Steve and I and Tony and I have been, and Steve and I have been, or Tony and I have been, but – we have not been on the mic together. Now we have the whole crew here. I just want to know how Nani's doing real quick. Dude, Buzz, I'm doing well. And yes, it has been a while. But if people are wondering, if Socks on Tap listeners are wondering why I've been away or why Buzz and I haven't been on together. I've been on a few. I was on with one with Steve. We had Dan Zimborski on from Fangraphs. Talked to him. That was great. But Buzz, you and I weren't on together because um, either the Bulls are playing one night and you're not on or the Blackhawks are playing one night and I'm not on because I'm covering that or you're covering the Bulls. So that is what is going on over at OnTap Sportsnet. That's why we haven't all been together here. Uh, but it is excellent to finally all have the full crew here. Uh, I'm excited uh, to sit here and uh, break down um, you know, 2021 season preview with you guys. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I am so stoked. And it's just like I got this energy about me right now because opening day is tomorrow. I feel like, dude, I'm fucking jacked. It's like I did a line of Pepsi. I am just so on fire right now. And a I just line of Pepsi. Yeah, we're keeping a PG for the kids. <laughs> I was keeping a PG for the kids. But you know, I, I'm just like super hyped, man. And like Nani said, with between the Bulls and the Hawks and us kind of bouncing around those different sports and stuff like that, it's nice to get back to the core four here and start talking White Sox baseball. And it's here, guys. I mean, we're 24 hours out, like a little less than 24 hours out right now. And I'm just so – I'm so stoked, dude. I can't wait for this shit. I cannot wait. 
death buzz. I, I echo your sentiments, man. Um, spring training is, I, I always enjoy spring training because it's kind of stress-free um, unless NWI Steve uh, tells everybody that we need uh, to have the will to win every single day, which also is hilarious. I love the troll, Steve. Uh, so you're gonna have to elaborate on that a little bit as we get into the yes. show. Uh, but I do like the calmness of spring, spring training, but by the end, you're just itching to go and uh, I'm ready for competitive baseball again. How about you, Tony? Johnny, I think that this is, I mean, this is like Christmas Eve, man. We're, we're sitting here cracking beers. Um, tomorrow is, is Christmas Day. It's the best holiday of the year. I can't wait. I, I love the 9 o'clock start, too, Johnny. I think for you and I, uh, this is this is prime opening day stuff right here. I know the two guys below us totally disagree with that, but, like, after 9 p.m. start, sign me up all the time because that's just prime drinking hours, man. It's a goddamn travesty. Steve, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Uh, well, listen, as the elder statesman of the group here, I think you guys can all guess my feelings on this late start time. It's not great, Bob. Um, but with that being said, I, I can definitely tell you that I'm getting a funny feeling in my pants, uh, thinking about tomorrow evening. It's, it's almost here. We've been waiting six long months for this and we're just, we're this close. We're this close. You can almost, you can feel it. That close run doorstep run doorstep boys uh like you said tony i love the christmas eve analogy i, I think that's perfect for it because uh, it really does you, you do feel like you know when you wake up uh tomorrow morning it's gonna be like a kid in christmas day steve and i before uh you guys had jumped on uh and we were getting this whole thing set up uh you know steve had said you know games are at like noon tomorrow and that's you know it's like okay so sure we gotta wait for the white Sox until nine which is fine with you and me tony but either way we'll, we'll have other action to watch uh, around the league so um definitely christmas day vibes there yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the best part, Johnny, is because we can take in some baseball during the day tomorrow that we don't have to we don't have to get all worried or, or bothered about. It's opening day. Let, let's watch some baseball. Uh, I hope you're grilling, uh, drinking beers tomorrow early afternoon. I think uh, it, it's just the perfect day to slack off at work a little bit and, and just get that 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 baseball feel. And if you don't have the day off, you've got baseball on, you're watching it. Uh, if you've got that MLB TV package and then at nine o'clock when you're all ready to go, uh, load it up a little bit after a couple of beverages, it's White Sox baseball time. And that's the best time to watch it. 12 hours of baseball, man. How, I mean, I mean you might type, but you can't beat it. It's yeah. true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. I think maybe the only thing Steve that could be like you said, like tying, like being there would be the playoffs. Granted there's less games because there's not, all you know three teams playing at once but you get like the kind of all day sort of like you know rolling through schedule and then obviously it's high intensity so i would say that matches it but you can't really beat it especially opening day there's kind of the fresh slate sort of feel to it so um boys you, you guys ready to jump in and get into white Sox specific season preview here oh i'm i'm damn ready man this is this is, let's go all right, let's go. Let's go. Uh, opening date roster finalized here. Um, I think everybody has seen, uh, you know, now uh, the kind of list of everybody who's on there, uh, most of what people expected and obviously injury replacements here. But let's break down the moves that happened uh, just before. So Danny Mendick uh, was optioned. That was kind of the on the fence candidate in my mind. Uh, and seemingly that was for Jake Lamb, who they just signed at the very, very end of spring training. Only got like that one game in there. Um, so th that was one move there. I'll let you guys, um, if you have any thoughts, on that we can do that after this but uh they released jonathan lucroy who looked for a little bit like he might be taking the uh backup catcher role uh but obviously they're gonna roll with zach collins and i know rick Hahn had made comments that okay well you know i kind of pencil it in before i come to spring training and yada yada um either way expected one of the young guys to take it so um 
guess not surprising in the end there that Collins gets it and he does deserve his chance and deserves it bad. So other than that, uh, Vaughn and Mercedes make the cuts. I don't think Vaughn's a surprise, but Mercedes maybe a little bit. So guys sound off here on initial thoughts. Who made it? Who didn't? I'll let Steve roll with this one. Go ahead, Steve. Look, I think, I think your mean Mercedes is an interesting, fun story here. I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy that was a rule five pick spent, spent some time playing indie ball and really had to work his ass off to get to the big league. So, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, that's that's kind of a feel-good story of perseverance, especially in a game of attrition like baseball, where failure is something that is so resounding throughout the, the game. And for a guy to stick with it as long as he has to finally now get his shot, I mean, you, you got to feel good for the guy um, from, from that aspect of it. Uh-oh. See, we lost Steve there. We lost Steve. Steve's oh, frozen. That is what happens on live shows. You can't, you can't stop live TV, folks. Yeah, you can't stop live TV. Uh, Buzz, um, you got uh, anything, Mendick, thoughts there? Well, yeah, I kind of thought that uh, – well, with Mendick, you guys know I like Danny Mendick. I thought I think he's a good player. And see Jake Lamb make it over him. I know he has, you know, more experience. Um, obviously, he's a one-time All-Star back in 2017 – plays primary i don't know if he can move around the infield like uh mendic did but you know everybody keeps calling him old you know and i mean he's like 30 like am i old you know like is it is it that's a scary question buzz Buzz, (laughs) scary fucking question i mean in life i would consider generally no but uh in baseball i mean i think any you know the especially the stats guys uh pretty much consider anything over like 26 old so Right. I feel like I could hit a dinger like in, you know, (laughs) we got Steve back. We've got Steve back. We'll let Steve finish. We're we're trying to determine whether or not you're considered old at age 30. Um, yes. (laughs) Shit. It's over. Next question. (laughs) <laughs> did you want to finish your roster no. your roster spots there so brother the, um the bottom line on jake lamb is he's old but we'll let steve continue on danny mendick here real quick i mean you know the jake lamb Dan, danny mendick thing i i don't understand the whole jake lamb thing to begin with i guess because it maybe insulates them a little bit if mancata gets hurt and goes on the dl and he hits left-handed i guess um other than that i don't really get it if, if i'm being completely honest with you um otherwise I, I don't really think that there were a ton of surprises on the roster overall i think it was pretty much set in stone for for the most part so i mean it just kind of was what it was the, the one guy that i want to talk about on the roster that, that kind of jumped out and i think it was jordan lazowski who brought it up and i'm sure you guys saw that little exchange but jose Carson ruiz Palmer? Jose Ruiz uh, with the roster spot. Um, And then, you know, he brought up the Carson Fulmer thing and I may or may not have alert set up whenever Jordan Lazowski tweets about Carson Fulmer to, you know, get into his replies and remind him what happened there. Uh, But, you know, Johnny, there was like one week, man, on this show where we like had some high praise for Jose Ruiz. Um, And I I wouldn't classify myself as a Jose Ruiz guy. Uh, and I just didn't really have him even on this picture either, but it's just kind of surprising that he is still kind of around. 
Yeah. I mean, well, when you look at the injury, so it's Jace Fry is out, and that's the next thing we were going to get to. Uh, but, you know, you got Jace Fry out there, and then um, you're, you're just going to need to insulate. And he's had major league experience, and he's had flashes. Like, I remember that, what was it, the 4th of July weekend in 2019. That's when he was, like, at his best, like, peak, like, White Sox performance. Like, you locked it down and got it, got us through some of those extra innings in that, you know, kind of crazy game where, um, what was it, uh, Abreu and Moncada hitting uh, late home runs to uh, tie and win uh, the game. So, you know, I think that that is kind of like the peak of him. But, uh, you know, hopefully the starters are just going, you know, long. You got an innings eater now and Lance Lynn, who I can't wait to talk about further in this episode. Um, so hopefully, to you know, kind of alleviates that. And then we're not seeing too, too much Jose Ruiz. Or if we are, it's a big lead or we're trailing. You know, I wouldn't like to be trailing big, but uh, that, that may be the spot for him just to eat those innings. Johnny, you buried the lead there on, on that uh, July 3rd performance there of 2019 because that was the day that I'm not sure if anybody knows this because I've never really talked about it, but I ate 22 hot dogs that day. Oh, my God. I, I was I was off the group. <laughs> Wait a second. I, I was off we gotta the group. We got to stop the, stop the tape. Stop it. That's ridiculous. Stop the, stop the tape. 22 hot dogs in one day. I'm walking around on Sportsnet all the time talking about how great Ron Luce – uh, did in his like 17, you know, hot dogs in one day. And I've got a guy here that can do 22 in one day. Why have, why have we not put this to the test yet? Like, I want to know why this isn't on footage. I mean, I mean, look, it, it was, it was a double header. So, I mean, I, I will caveat that a little bit, but I, I did take down 22 of them. You know, it happened. I have witnesses. Your girlfriend remembers. It's right there in the comments. <laughs> I, I, I think I could probably eat four and fall asleep real fast. I'm with you right there, Buzz. So. <laughs> so, I can't power eat. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can power drink and then fall asleep real fast, too. It's what I'm really good at. Um, but I guess like a, a roster move that I was a little bit surprised about was Lucroy. Because if you guys remember when we – Nani, I think it was like the last show you were on with us is in, in um, the offseason, I had said that they might sign him, and they actually did end up signing him. I had no leads on that. It was a fucking guess. So I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a B for anything like that. I don't have that inside intel. But I, I was kind of surprised because he got a lot of high praise and he did pretty well in spring training. So I thought maybe they'd bring in a guy that was, you know, seasoned maybe to back up Grandal. But I, I am pretty happy they went with Collins. I know. Are, Collins, we, sure, are we sure you're not the beef though yet, Buzz? <laughs> no, no I'm, I, I think he's I think he's beggars uh, laid on thick. Pizza. I'm not. I'm actually not Steve Ciszek. That's actually who I am. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's a total lie as well. I'm not that guy. I might be that guy. I'll let you figure it out after a couple more beers. I might become him. Um, but I was. I'm, I'm happy for Collins. You know, left-handed bat. You know, I'm hoping you know he can he could do well, and you know he'll be playing tomorrow. And uh, I'm really looking for big things out of him, just because he's a first-round pick and maybe consistent at bats, like Steve had said in, in an episode before. Like you know, with consistent at bats and consistent playing time, possibly that he can he could really turn it around and become a staple within, you know, within our, not our lineup, but just being a depth piece that's there that can help you when needed. Yeah. I'd say a widely held opinion on the catcher situation is that it's just time that Zach, whether it be a granted at catcher or DH role, it's time that Zach Collins gets the, that consistent uh, opportunity. So I think that was the ultimate deciding factor. Luke Roy was good to, you know, bring in, push him a little bit and obviously pushed him because Zach Collins hit the shit out of the ball during spring training, which is awesome to see. So um, at, at least that gives you, you know, can't translate spring training over into a uh, regular season. And he's probably still going to have 
periods of struggling, um, especially given his history uh, in his limited kind of action here at the show. But um, we'll see. And it, it's just, in my opinion, it's just time to let him have those at bats. So. I'm chomping at the bit here to get to the, to the the worst part of your whole entire argument for that. And that's that spring training results don't translate into regular season success. I can see Steve's face right now. The will to win, Tony, cannot be underestimated. Steve, please take this. You have to learn how to win. You can't just flip a light switch. Guys, hello. We've been talking about this all spring. I, I How many more times do I have to say it? You have to learn how to win. You have to build a winning culture. That's why Tony LaRusso was brought here. What other reason is there? I can't think of one. You know, you you play how you practice. They practice like shit in Arizona. So, you know, listen, it's it's very easy to say you can be a little concerned about things heading into the season here because the cat look i thought they were going to win the cactus league i was waiting for that cactus league banner raising ceremony here we don't get it now i'm really concerned with what this season is going to be now because look they really let me down there they didn't show that twtw that i was expecting them to have you play to win the game and you play to win the championship, no matter the circumstances, okay? Because when the what? Bulls won the Summer League Championship, they went on to win the NBA Championship. That is not true at all. It's a lie. <laughs> I just said. <laughs> Get the, you, you have your Summer League uh, T-shirt champions, uh, you know, the, you know, that design. Uh, you know what? Yeah, you know. on Bulls Twitter, yeah. Yeah, you know I got one. I'm actually wearing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, you want to let's move forward and get through uh, the injuries here. Uh, you know, painful segment here. Uh, going to start with Eloy Menes, torn left pectoral muscle, had surgery. Uh, initial timeline looked like five to six months. Uh, upon the most recent news, it, it is being deemed four to five months. But then Han, there's been a lot of contradictory. Then Han said, no, it's still the original timeline. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see when that happens either way i don't think anyone should expect him around until late august i think that's a realistic timeline uh, for getting back because you got to remember th- this left pectoral muscle that he tore that's what you follow through with one hand on the bat that's all right in here right in the left chest so um i would still say that five to six months probably sounds a little more accurate but if you want to get hopeful uh four to five could be another option there uh, as we move down adam angle strained right hamstring uh han recently said on a spring training broadcast near the end that we could see him at some point toward the middle of april so that's at least encouraging there only a couple of weeks of dealing with this uh kind of situation that we have right now until uh you know, have a more legitimate outfielder there they can plug in the left field and then jace fry obviously underwent back surgery before spring training uh he's out for at least all of April uh, May 1st is probably the earliest that he could possibly return there so um, we'll keep an eye on Jace Fry and then Jimmy Cordero obviously out this whole season with Tommy John so that runs down injury report here early on um, from spring training and uh, uh, other injuries before that so uh, let's get into the lineup because that was new news today guys and uh, that was obviously Tony LaRusso saying that Larry Garcia will be the starting left fielder and he will bat six Um, and then also Zach Collins will be the starting DH and he will bat eighth so thoughts on this fire away First off, we need to know if Buzz has heat in his basement. I have no heat in my basement. It's really, really cold down here. So I'm uh, I'm all bundled up, and I actually have a blanket on my feet. So you go, <laughs> I don't know. That's um, Chicago tough right there. Yeah, it's real It's real cold down here right now. It, it, hurts, it hurts my toes. Um, as far as the lineup goes, you know, the whole lineup wasn't released. He just said, didn't he just say that um, 
Lurie was going to bat sixth. Wasn't that was what was released today? He confirmed Collins eighth as well. Collins eighth. Yeah, I had saw a comment in here earlier about somebody not being happy that uh, Lurie Garcia was going to be there. And I just wanted to let everybody know that this is a non uh, Lurie Garcia slander podcast. Uh, Lurie Garcia is a goddamn legend here. And and yeah, and Nani has the picture to prove it. We're going to have to find a way to get graphics up here because we can then, you know, prove this via we, the we uh, tech multiple photos. Yeah. yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. Things things take time. We'll, we'll, we'll get all of our, we'll get all of our good like kind of like poses that we have, mm-hmm. you know, the, those the ones, the one with you with fireworks, maybe just like insert that video. If we're, I mean, like, that might be the, during a game and like get like the I love fireworks video. I think I mean, that's that might make it happen. Might make a great intro. Just I love fireworks right into the show. You never yeah. know. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not surprised that Lurie's making the lineup. What What's shocking to me, though, is that um, – and I know Tony LaRusso said that uh, Vaughn will, will, will play Friday. And he also said that, uh, you know, every guy in the roster is going to get some at-bats in the first four games. Um, you know, interesting that uh, it's not Vaughn on opening day. I don't think we've heard anything around uh, the uh, – him signing an extension or anything right now yet. So um, I, I don't know what's going on there, but I was under the impression as well, Buzz, that, you know, we'd see Andrew Vaughn uh, on opening day uh, for sure in this lineup, given the fact that they were trying to get him into left field, get him some reps there, how important it is for him to, you know, be on the team. I don't know if it's just, you know, you want to like let him experience his first, you know, day with the club in, you know, major league baseball, you know, not in the lineup without some of that pressure, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to see him day one. Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty upset about that as well. Um, but again, I'm kind of cool with it because Collins is getting a shot here. So I, I, you know, he's batting very obviously low in the lineup, but it leads me to believe with how, like, it's kind of looking right now. I'm thinking Adam Eaton's going to bat second. Uh, yeah. Nani, you got anything I, on that? I, I just have a mock lineup here and tell me what you guys think of this. Obviously, Tony LaRusso confirmed two spots. So uh, we got, uh, excuse me, that's, uh, yeah, Buzz does like turn left there. But uh, Joe, uh, he says Lurie could be playing second base. So are we sure Vaughn isn't going to be in left field? Uh, Tony LaRusso did confirm uh, that Lurie will be in left field. So he did explicitly say that and bat six. So at least for opening day, that's, you know, could change down the road. I totally agree with you. Could play some second, could play, I mean, shit anywhere you need him to. Um, but th- that's just the setup for opening day. So I'm going to run through this and uh, thoughts on this lineup uh, as you hear it. Shortstop, Tim Anderson leading off. Right field, Adam Eaton batting second. First base, Jose Abreu batting third. Third base, Yon Makata hitting cleanup. Catcher, Yasmani Grandal in the five spot. Lurie Garcia uh, batting fifth and playing left. Luis Robert batting seventh, playing center. Zach Collins, eighth, DHing. And Nick Madrigal rounding it out at second base. Thoughts? I, I guess I'll take this one. My first question back to uh, Johnny and Steve. When we were doing the preview show last year, you guys were big advocates for Yasmani Grandal leading off. What's changed? Ooh, Steve wrote a great article about this. I'll let him elaborate. Here's what changed. Tim Anderson took the ball by the horns, or took the bull by the horns, I, I should say. Um, look, he proved that he's a leadoff hitter. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. I mean, he's the straw that stirs this drink. And, you know, as Johnny alluded to, look, I think the idea of having – Moncada four and Grandal five having two back-to-back switch hitters there, you can really create some matchup problems for opposition, particularly late in games in high leverage spots with relievers, and they're going to kind of have to pick their poison a little bit. So, you know, that was an angle that I hadn't previously thought of, and I I think 
Tony, you know, maybe showing an example of why he's a Hall of Fame baseball person with that decision. Yep, Tony, I was on the uh, Grandal leadoff flat train last year as well, uh, just for the on-base uh, skills that he has. So um, I'm with Steve, though. I, I really enjoyed that article. Uh, it was a great breakdown of kind of the potential matchup problems that it can create. And I also uh, think that I'll get to it later in the show, but I think Yohan Mankata is uh, due for a big year. And I think Tony kind of knows that too, uh, seeing his potential in 2019. Um, and then he also likes to switch hitters. And that's also a reason why you could see, you know, why Lurie Garcia may be hitting six here. Um, just he likes to have those options and be able to turn the, you know, not, uh, have a matchup problem created uh, by the other team electing to go uh, to a bullpen, you know, situation where they are kind of trying to mismatch you a little bit. So um, the switch hitter thing, that, that's kind of what uh, lining them up like that, line them up. That's what Steve's article was. So uh, that, that's the explanation behind that, Tony. Yep. And you can find that on ontapsportsnet.com, as Buzz would say, for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Just trying, I'm trying to get better at that, Buzz. I'm trying to make you proud there. It, it's I just like beer sale, by the way. Yeah, it's it just like saying it with like that oomph, you know, and just yeah. getting that, that, that just extra energy into uh-huh. you. I was like, you know, yeah, you got to read that at ontapsports.com. You know what you definitely. can do there? You know what you can do there? You can find all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs there. That's well, the, where you can find them. The reason I wanted to ask that question, Steve, is is partly A, because of that article. But two, I think that there's, there's a difference in where we were with Tim Anderson last year than we are going into this year. Um, there was, there was so many questions around, you know, like, is Tim Anderson going to be able to repeat, you know, that performance that he had? And he came out last year and he did it. And he's starting to prove, I think, a lot of people in this league uh, or just around the around the league and, and, and a lot of fans, too, that like he is the real deal. He's the leader. He's stepped up and he's done that. I think that he's the perfect guy to be in that leadoff spot right now. I wouldn't question it. Johnny, I really liked your lineup. Um, I don't really see any any. No. issues with it what's yep. so, so that, to speak yeah that, that, that's just i'm going off of uh kind of what you know uh we had said we kind of knew Moncada was going to sit hit in four and then everyone else just kind of slots in after tony lusa filled in the big question marks today so um we, we can move on from the lineup here and talk rotation uh guys mm-hmm. lucas giolito at the top obviously getting the ball opening day tomorrow night uh dallas keichel in the two slot lance lynn love it at three love that he's on our team uh Dylan Cease at four, uh, potential big bounce back year here. And then Carlos Rodon rounding things out here. So I think Rodon's the biggest question mark here. But what are we looking forward to? Uh, what are we most excited about uh, rotation-wise here? And I'll kick it down to NWI Steve for a little analysis to start us off. NWI Steve is left just, the party he, again. He just <laughs> left. Just okay. Next man up, it's Buzz. You're in the, that spot the now. Illumin- the Illuminati got him. I, I don't know what happened. They oh, wait, I'm right. The Illuminati did get him. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. What do yeah, you way to dodge the question right there. <laughs> Thoughts on rotation? Uh, what we're expecting? Uh, surprises? Uh, you know, expectations? All that stuff. You going? Look, I'll I'll take the pitching as a whole. I think one through thirteen, this is going to be the best pitching staff in the American League. And I think you have you know Lucas uh, Gelato, as um, good old Chris Caruso would say. You know, Diamond Dallas Keuchel and Lance Lynn, your big three right up front there. Look. I'll, I'll take those first three guys against any other top three in the American League. And I've been saying all winter between um, Cease and Carlos Rodon, if one of those guys hits, this team is going to be absolutely dangerous. And I know, look, spring training can be very misleading. Carlos Rodon looks different. And 
you know, there have been instances where I've, I've looked at guys over the course of spring training 2008 with John Danks was a perfect example. He went out there and he just had a different mindset about him. And I thought that there was going to be something different about him that year. And there was. There have been plenty of other instances where I've been wrong. But And I'm not saying I'm, I'm predicting the Carlos Rodon breakout here, but it won't shock me if it does happen because something just looks different this year. So um, I, I just think, man, th- this rotation – can, can be dangerous. Obviously, um, if there are any injuries and if anybody you know has to go down for an extended period of time, what they do after that, especially with someone like Michael Kopech, is going to be kind of interesting. And you look down in the minor leagues, um, you know, you got a couple of options there. Um, you know, Jonathan Seaver wasn't great in his cup of coffee last year, but you know, he he was rushed up to the major leagues. He shouldn't have really been there. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of development he has made over the past year and Jimmy Lambert that's another guy that I was very high on who made some notable improvements in 2019 so that's a guy that could step in and you know I think at least give you passable major league innings so um, I I think the rotation as a whole is going to be a strong suit for this team in 2021 yeah I uh, I agree Um, everybody's excited about one through three which I won't lie I am too Um, Lucas Giolito being hopefully a Cy Young candidate once again, along with Dallas Keuchel, along with Lance Lynn. I think you know what those guys can give you. So I'm really looking forward to that. But also at the same time, too, I'm really looking forward to Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon. That's something that I'm really looking forward to, to see how the four and five go. Like you said, see this bullpen's so damn deadly. They need only really need to get through like five innings before that bullpen comes in and starts shutting shit down. So, um, but in my mind, I like what I saw. I'm going to kind of, you know, piggyback off what you said. I like what I saw out of Carlos Rodon this year. And just from, I'm not an expert by any means necessary, but from what reading, what people have said, he's using his lower half more than he is, you know, and he's not putting all that strain on his arm. So that might be helping him. And I, I just want him to stay healthy because I we saw when he started, he was the opening day starter in 2019. And before he got hurt, I mean, he, he looked pretty decent. And then he got rocked in those two games um, his last two starts. And that's when it was announced that he was going to go get Tommy John surgery. Um, guy was like at 11.9 K through nine. He, he looked good. And I just hope we get that back because that's a really good option for your fifth starter. If he could be that guy. And it was, you know, a cheaper option that I'm sure they could have got another fifth starter for somewhere on the market. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him. And then Dylan cease. I just want him to be what we thought and we know he can be as he was coming up through the minor leagues here, whether he was at Winston-Salem or Birmingham or Charlotte, whatever, you know, I want him to be that guy. If he could be that guy, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be dope. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most out of the rotation. And of course the bullpen's just. I, I love that comment. Maybe it's because he buttoned his shirt up too far. That Rodon had the struggles. Well, yeah, I think, I think the couple buttons down is cool and tough. I mean, if I, yeah. if I was a pitcher, I would totally do that. Yeah. Well, you're saying that he buttoned his shirt up too far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. I would have mine like all the way down and I would have a cool routine where I put my finger in my belly button before I threw every pitch. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. That That's going to get you banned for using foreign substances, buzz. Um, <laughs> I'm going to in there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go complete opposite of you guys with this one uh, from the rotation. I'm I'm excited to see the fear the beard duo right now. That's Dallas Keuchel and Lance Lynn. Um, these are the guys you brought in to anchor this thing. You know, you've got Lucas Giolito who's turned into your ace, but you're two and three. 
Dallas Keiko Lansland, guys that have been there, guys that know how to do it, guys that can be consistent, and goddamn, they've got some fucking beards that you should be afraid of. That's why you should fear the beard. I'm looking forward to seeing both of these guys just eat innings, do that exact same thing that, that uh, yeah, Steve, shorten the game. You want to shorten the game? You go to Dallas Keuchel, you go to Lance Lynn. These guys have done it year in, year out. Um, I'll be honest, before Lance Lynn, before he came here over the White Sox, like, I feel like he's like one of those like clinically underrated guys. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've poured over his stat sheet this entire offseason to just kind of figure out what we're getting. And like everything just looks like exactly what this rotation needs to put it over the top from what we had last year. And so I think if I've got to answer on one guy that I'm most excited to see, it's definitely Lance Lynn. Then Tony, I'm right there, right in stride with you, man. We've talked about this all offseason. I was so excited when the trade went down. Um, so I'll start there at the top. And, you know, we'll get to our general predictions and kind of categorize it later uh, as we, you know, kind of do rapid fire there for team awards and stuff like that and, you know, all-star predictions, all of that. But this will preface it, and uh, Lance Lynn will be the best pitcher on the White Sox this season. That's my bold prediction. Um, and uh, other than that, looking at the other options in the rotation, I just think he's just going to eat, like, a shit ton of innings when it really matters down the stretch after the bullpen might have been taxed a little bit. I'm talking post all-star break. Giolito is probably your best before Lynn is still going to be going strong into late August, early September. So can't wait. I love this mentality that he uh, said in his interviews, intro interviews too, uh, that said, you know, I'm here to, you know, pitch, you know, 200 plus innings and in on into the playoffs because that's why they got me. That's really what he said. So he's workhorse. He's ready to work. Can't wait to see him in action in the beard, Tony, like you said, fear the damn beard. Love it. Going to be going all year from socks on tap. Um, looking up and down, though, we know Giolito. He's solidified himself. Can't wait to see him uh, potentially have a Cy Young campaign. That would be awesome to see. Um, but then as we roll through the rest of it, obviously Dallas Keuchel, a um, little bit of struggles in spring training. And I know he had the engagement, too, so he was a little bit behind and then uh, working back into the mix there. So uh, hopefully, you know, he was really dominant from the start there, too. So maybe you need Giolito and Lynn to pick up a little bit more of the slack, be a little bit more dominant there uh, because you were getting those kind of really really solid outings early on from Dallas Keuchel last year might be a little bit flipped and he might turn on in May or so uh, that's just kind of my prediction and then as you look at the other ones I think Dylan Cease is in for a much more consistent season I said that to you guys the other day um, I, I think that is um, you know uh, I, I liked what I saw at spring training basically I, I think they're you know he's a really big student of the game. Uh, he's very into the concentration and mental process that goes on there. And then he also fixed physical mechanics as well. So I think he's in for a more consistent season. You'll probably have the same uh, kind of few outings, but no one's immune to it of where he's given up runs early. And me and Tony are bitching on the post game show. It's probably still going to happen at some point where, you know, gets tagged for like two, three home runs within the first three innings. Uh, and we're, you know, ranting, raving about it. But I think overall more consistent from Dylan Cease. And then Carlos Rodon, make me eat my words, man. Uh, I was against bringing him back. thought the show have gone elsewhere, gone externally for an option, a little bit more solidified and uh, reliable injury-wise. Um, those are my concerns there. So I hope he just makes me eat my words. I do like what I saw from him, uh, you know, eye test-wise during spring training, but let's see how it translates over um, because, you know, he's been injury-prone. So it just has happened year over year over year. Prove me wrong. Make me eat my words. That's my final thought on the rotation here. Um, do you guys think that, like, Lance Lynn has a cooler beard than me? Because I know Keichel does. But I just wanted to get your opinions on that before we move on. I mean, that's no, a tough you one, dude. He hesitated. That's over. Don't. No, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one because you know what it is. Because the, Dallas, Dallas Keuchel, yeah, Dallas Keuchel's beard is is very formed. Well, I know his. Is better. Like you and Lynn kind of go like like just full, you know, grow that shit out. 
I don't know how to form it. I can't do. It. Okay, it was a stupid bit. God damn it! I thought I was. No, I was you're hoping, you're I was good. I mean, you're still part of Fear the Beard Crew, but I, I I mean, we could put it to a vote off. Yeah, I was just really hoping that I would be at least you know, you know, in, in the realm of beating Lynn. But then I was compared to him, and it just it made me feel bad about myself. So we can move, we can move on. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. Let's look at uh, beard schedule. oil. Beard oil. Before I do use leave. beard yes, oil. I know he uses beard oil. That's why I threw it up there. Do you use Manscaped beard oil, Buzz? I don't. I use it's called the best damn beard oil, and it smells like. You know what? I have no idea what it smells like. It <laughs> smells good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just wondering. All right. Let's uh, go down and look a little bit at highlights of the schedule. So obviously, opening day is tomorrow in Anaheim. So that's the first of a four-game series out there. There will be a Sunday night baseball game. Um, in this one. So it's nice to be the first broadcast of the year on there. One of them, I know they're doing a kind of multi-event thing, but you know, one of them seeing the White Sox highlighted there, get Mike Trout, Shoei Otani. He'll be starting that game because he is fourth in the rotation to start for the Angels. So um, that'll be a fun one to watch here starting off. And then uh, they'll be, you know, continuing that West Coast swing early on three in Seattle uh, before they come home for the April 8th home opener, uh, part of a three game set at Kansas City. Their standard day off after in case of rain, snow, more likely after the weather that Tony sent to us earlier today. Um, so Tony, uh, Tony, Tony uh, Twist has sent Tony, that. Tony Twist yeah. has sent us that. Yeah. Uh, so that's a three game set home opener against uh, Kansas City. And then the first we'll see of the Twins. I have all these highlighted on here, guys. Uh, Mid May. Three game series. Um, there's a pair of them actually. One one in Chicago, one in Minnesota. So we'll see them there. Uh, interleague. We got the NL Central this year, and then there's going to be a little bit of a grind. Uh, last week of June, early July, right before the All Star break, seven versus Twins, a four game and a three game set there. Fourth uh, of July, notable date there at Detroit. So hopefully we can be celebrating. Uh, you know, White Sox winner there. Get out of the way early in the day. Uh, get hammered and light off fireworks uh, at night, Tony. And then uh, as we kind of move through All Star break, follows that. Uh, July 12th through the 15th. Uh, the All-Star game itself is on the 13th. When they come out of that, three versus the Astros, three versus the Twins. And uh, we got uh, Buzz's birthday there um, on the 21st uh, versus Minnesota. So that'll be a Twins game. Uh, hopefully we're talking about a winner uh, on Buzz's birthday. I kind of wanted to highlight birthdays on this one. Crosstown Classics at Wrigley, August 6th through 8th. At the rate, August 27th through 29th. Um, Fuck the Cubs. This is a rivalry. Um, we'll say it on here until we die, until we're blue in the face, Tony. So uh, that's where that goes. Uh, last, most notable thing here, and I'll get your comments on this as I run down after uh, all of this schedule and get a few more notes after this. Last time we will play the Twins. And I think this is big. At Minnesota, August 9th through 11th. You don't see them the rest of that home stretch. I think that can be big for the White Sox, especially considering the late, um, you know, season collapse last year uh, out of the first place spot there. Um, at Blue Jays, though, this will be an interesting test uh, kind of going into the last month of the season. It's August 23rd through 26th, uh, and Tony's half birthday happens here because he is a winner birthday. So um, hopefully we're celebrating a win over the Blue Jays. And, I like how you went you know, and grabbed half birthdays for this. Well, because we are, and I'm mentioning these because we are going to run something from Socks on Tap, and we want to see what, the White Sox record is on your birthday or, you know, like if you're a winter birthday, flip it to your half birthday, then the six months away, you know, so because that one of them's bound to be in baseball season. 
So we want to do that. So I wanted to highlight some of these here. Um, and then, How are you accounting for off days as we go forward? That's I'm, I'm just trying to find holes in this plan. You're, you're getting nitty gritty there. So I mean, we're going to have to figure out uh, before or after. So um, you know, figure uh, it out. closest before or closest after uh, probably is the move there, Tony. Um, last two weeks of the season, though, because these were pertinent last year, um, they got includes two off days. So that is big. Um, but they started off with the four-game series at Cleveland, September 23rd through 26th. Remember how nightmarish that was uh, to kick off that last week of the season last year. And then they will have the Reds at home for a two-game set. Um, my birthday on one of those, the finale of that series, the 29th of September. So we'll see um, how that one goes. And then versus Tigers to close it out October 1st through 3rd. There will be Soxtober no matter what. <laughs> That's uh, just the kind of consolation there. And then uh, I'm going to have to go dig up Steve's. But go ahead, guys, go ahead and uh, comment on the schedule here. Highlights, what you like, what you don't, what you're concerned about, or what you're looking forward to. I guess the one thing that I would say um, from a scheduling standpoint, we talk about being done with the Twins by you know, early to mid-August, is the Twins are not going to see Aloy Jimenez at all this year. Um, you know, assuming he gets back late some point in August or even in September, they're going to get all 18 of those games without the big boy in the middle of the lineup. And that's, I think, is going to be pretty significant. Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down like that, Steve. I'm sorry, Tone. I just it, I, I think it's a big I, I think it's a big deal, man. Um, as, as much as I would like to say that it's not, I mean, you know, that's, I, I really thought there was an outside shot that the big boy was going to hit 50 bombs this year and be the first guy in the history of the franchise to do it. So, um, I'm still, I'm still a little bit in mourning over this, you know, I mean, part of my soul feels like it kind of died here. And I just, the idea of him hitting home runs off of Alex Colome in the ninth inning was something that really got my nads pumping. You only wanted to see him hit a home run off of uh, Alex Calame so that you can get in my replies. That's probably <laughs> one of the only reasons that you wanted to see that happen because you wanted to see my reaction to it. That's what you wanted to that, see. That and I wanted to tell Ken W.O. to fuck off after it. Well, well that too. What would that your too. reaction be? You'd be happy well, too. I'd be happy too, but I yeah. feel like Steve was mad at me because I, I liked Alex Calame. Man, we all and so I, I was waiting for the whites. I was waiting for for somebody, and I'm, I still am. I'm waiting for that that walk off during this season off of Alex Calame, and he melts down. And I get those messages from somebody, and it might be Steve. And I feel like it's coming from Steve. Like, oh, see, look, now he's now he's now he's not good. We shouldn't have signed him. I'm just no, waiting for. Look, it. I'm waiting I, for, I'm waiting for that got, day. I've got a very special comment save for you in the event if he does blow a save against the Sox. Is it already in the draft, Steve? No, no. It's it's all up here, and it's going to be ready to go. Okay, that's fantastic. I think the best yeah. part of the schedule for me is being done with them in, in pretty much the early part of August with the Twins. Is it um, is it is it the best part about it, though, or is it the worst? Because if if we need to make up ground and you don't have any time left against them, that's that's not good either. And especially when Eloy does come back later in the year, if he does come back, wouldn't you want him to face them? So isn't that kind of a detriment here? It at least that's be, how I'm looking at it. It could be. I mean, Tom Dobrez, or I'm sorry, Troj with a really good thing here. He just put, you know, we can't, we don't control our destiny then if, you know, I'm happy about that. But I just don't like to play the Twins because I want to beat the Twins and they are a fucking thorn in my side. So the quicker I'm done with them, 
And if we're close and we don't have to play them and we can get in, I don't give about destiny. I just want to get in October. That's where I want to get. Let's go back to the point where like, we shouldn't have to worry about them right now. After your GM said you have world series aspirations. Like we shouldn't even need to look at, you know, the division as a problem. I have different opinions than my GM. So um, I would rather not have to worry about them and just get into the playoffs and make some magic happen there. So I wouldn't want to have to run through them in a last, you know, in a series down the road towards the end of the season where it's just like do or fucking die because I would be literally how I'm sitting right now on the edge of my seat, stressed out and just in, in ruins because I just, I, I, I do kind of fear the twins. I mean, I think that we could beat them. I think we have a, I don't want to say a better team because that sounds ignorant, but I think that they're just going to be a big thorn in our side. And I just want to get, get it out of the way be competitive with them and not have to go up against them. If you know, the, a playoff spots on the line is basically where I'm at. So I, I skipped over this. Um, I, I forgot to add it in because Steve sent it. Um, I not gotten completely collected here, but Steve's uh, half birthday then will be uh, mid uh, September here, the 15th against the angels, uh, a Wednesday night game there. So um, unfortunately no dollar dogs. That would have been fucking perfect. Steve. Rat bastards, you know, they're screwing me again. If we don't win the Central, who are we worried about down the stretch? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's a good. That is a good question. I don't know. When's the last time we played Cleveland? Yeah, they're September late. September 23rd yeah. through 26th. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're late. Yeah, they're late. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think Buzz kind of nails that. I mean, just... Cleveland's going to be weird this year in that I don't know how they're going to score any runs, but they're still going to pitch the shit out of the ball. Um, you know, fuck you, Sal. No, I don't celebrate my half birthday, you bastard. Just be born in fucking summer, dude. Just change it. Just yeah, just, just change, change your it. birthday like shit. Is that, what, is that what you want, Sal? There you go. <laughs> God damn it, Sal. We got another. Who is the Debbie Downer of us four? And that's by David Bennett from Facebook. And who is a super positive guy, even when things are this going is totally in the toilet. This, such is, a an, this is such an easy answer for me. This is when we do live TV. We have to. Yeah, this, this is question. such an easy answer for me. I'll take it first. I mean, if you want the super positive guy, there's a guy that we have on the show who is a complete homer no matter what. And that's Buzz. And if you go with Downer, I mean, we've got negative Nani right here next to me. So, I mean, that's a super easy answer. I'll let you guys go, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you guys all in check or keep it real. Keep it grounded. That's, that's I, the. <laughs> I guess when it comes to being a homer for, yeah, the Sox, I think, and I think you guys will agree with this. The Sox are the only team I'm a homer about in this, in the entire city of teams. That it's the only one that I'm like looking at the silver linings because I just want them to be good so badly. And I'll justify a move that they make even when the world is burning down besides when, you know, we don't sign a, a left fielder to back up Eloy. And I, I went off about, you know, you see Puig. That's the only time you'll see me throwing a, a bitch fit. But other than that, I am usually uh, the glass half full guy. Steve and Nani keep it pretty real. And I always like to say that Tony, like you got to really piss Tony off to have Tony like go off the deep end, which in 2019, when we were covering this team, every, every game that was, I guess that was pretty much every night. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've been on a show with all of you where I've gone off. Maybe not Steve, but uh, Johnny can attest, like, even with the Blackhawks, like, 
it does take a little bit to get me fired up, but I don't think anything makes White Sox sale happier than when I absolutely unload on something There's, and just go off like that. That when Coach Q got fired, or um, you know, when Eli runs into a wall. I mean, just just st- stupid things piss me off. And so, you know, when I see something that's stupid, I'm going to call it out. So, and pretty fair assessment. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of uh, that whole thing there. I kind of want to get back to the schedule here, guys. Uh, you guys pointed out some stuff um, within yours. Um, I'm thinking kind of a little more specialty. I think you guys hit really well uh, on the advantages and disadvantages of playing the Twins, you know, up until only mid-August. And then, you know, if you're chasing them, sure, it's hard to make up ground. Don't control your own destiny. Thanks for the comments that pointed all of that as well. Um, but I- I'm looking at specialty games here. I am glad that they are weekend series. I know they were last year, too. But for the Crosstown, because there have been, like, random fucking, like, Tuesday through Thursday series it's just like come on you got to put that on a weekend for the people so uh, I'm glad they got that right this year that's good they're both weekend series in August um, so those will be some fun dog days of summer there uh, and then also the St. Louis Cardinals they come to town man Nolan Arenado's in tow um, they got Paul Goldschmidt man uh, last time they were in town uh, both those guys were not part of that roster so I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, when they come to town and my cousin I uh, will be going to the games with him he's a big St. Louis fan so it's always fun to have some uh, you know kind of family banter uh, back and forth so i'm looking forward to those and then um you know that th- i think it's just gonna be a tough test against toronto because th- they're a good team they just signed george springer i mean they're, they're a young up-and-coming team so you talk about tough tests down the home stretch there that could be one in, in those dog days of summer that i just mentioned that's late august um and you're going up to toronto there for four so i think that could be a tough stretch you know, that's a that's a series that I had kind of struggled on my calendar that I was hoping to maybe go take a road trip there since I haven't been to that ballpark yet. Um, you know, the one little caveat I would say to, to your statement there, Johnny, is the Blue Jays can't really get anybody out. And by late August, that's really going to kind of be a problem, I think, for them unless they make a trade at the deadline. So I think the Sox could actually eat pretty good up there on that Blue Jays pitching. I hope they do. They do. They do have some potency in their lineup, though. So that that could be, you know, if you have injuries in the rotation at that point, could just be a sleeper one. You know, I just kind of get that vibe, too, especially when it's an extended road trip like that, as you're getting down in those kind of, you know, like I said, dog days of summer, the best way to put it there. Like you can just kind of be a team mentality or uh, fatigue standpoint uh, when you get to that juncture. So we'll let's see how it plays out. But th- those are just some of the highlights there. Uh, l- let's move on to the ballpark experience. Obviously, completely stripped down, uh, recalibrated for uh, accommodating people during COVID with the limited capacity, all of that. Um, let's just get this out the way right now. And this is my opinion, but I think at least Tony shares this. I'll let you guys fire off on it. Uh, the COVID restrictions fucking suck. I I know some of us is necessary. Got to do it for the social distancing and the, you know, uh, entry and all of that stuff. But, you know, no tailgating. That sucks. It d- deteriorates from the ballpark experience and makes me want to go to fewer games until uh, they get that back. I'll still go to some, but definitely not as frequently as I would go in a normal season. How about you guys? Um, honestly, it's, it's not going to really impact me that much. I just I'm so desperate to sit in the fucking ballpark and just watch baseball game. And honestly, I'll just fucking deal with it. You know, it's obviously, it's not ideal. Um, it's going to kind of suck, especially, you know, again, not having the dollar dog Wednesdays and, and some of the other promos and, and things that people like going to. But at, at the end of the day, I think that it, it kind of just, it comes back to, you know, kind of that supply and demand sort of thing is there was no opportunity to be able to go to a baseball game for me in person last year. So 
there's just a lot of pent up demand for me on well, my end. Hold so. up, you could have come to the Chicago Dogs game with the on tap outing. Could have. Oh, oh, we're still we're still going there, huh? Okay. Okay, you just said live going to a live baseball game. You didn't spell all, right, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I didn't get to see a live White Sox game there you last go. year. Um, so I mean, like I said, it's it's obviously it's not going to be the same here. I, th- I think especially for these first couple of months. But um, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I just want to be back in the ballpark. Yeah i I love the tailgate atmosphere. I love going there. I love you know cooking some food, drinking some beers before we get in there. And as you guys know, I like to drink so many beers before I get in there. So I don't have to really pay for too many when I'm in, you know, when I'm in the stadium because, you know, I'm a baller on a budget. So I can't, I can't do that. But um, once I get to go again, I get my second vaccine on April 11th. And that's when I'll start, you know, that's when I'll start trying to get into these games and stuff like that. Just trying to be safe and conscious of having little ones at home and whatnot. So but even when we're not able to, as long as we're together and we're taking in baseball, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Like I just kind of like Steve said, I'm desperate to get into the stadium. I'm desperate to watch a live sporting event again. And I'm desperate to see this, what is hopeful to be a very good White Sox season. I want to take that in in person. We, we all say this looking at it right now, but I guarantee they're going to absolutely fucking shaft you on the limited food menu that's available, what you can get. They're going to run out of, you know, something by the third inning. They're going to, you know, the, the beer's going to be flat or it's going to be warm, some shit like that. And it's going to be fucking unbearable. Well, that's, yeah, that's just, you that's know. The, that, that's the, that's what's going to happen because right. I, I can just totally foresee it when everybody's kind of locked into their own sections there. So I'm just saying it right now. The ballpark experience is going to suck, but I'll go because I want to do, I do want to see the team and I will enjoy my time, especially if the White Sox are winning there. But the overall atmosphere, we, we've seen how good it can be. And I just am dying to get back to that. So I understand these are things that we need to do to be able to get back to that point. But that also doesn't make it not open to criticism. Oh, no. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely agree with you there. I mean, what we live off of and what we do, and especially like within the on tap sports realm of things is we tailgate everywhere, but where you can obviously tailgate, you can't tailgate the United Center. We all know that. But like whether I'm at Soldier Field or we're at the rate, you know, it's always a party. It's always a good time before we get into the game. We're tailgating. We have our routines that, you know, Nani, that's usually you picking me up (laughs) and us going to the game eating some food, drinking some beers, taking some of Jen's jello shots and then heading into the game. You know, we're not going to have that this year. I just think that again, piggybacking off of Steve, it's just, I am so desperate to get in there with my friends and watch and take in a baseball game and what's hopeful to be a, a great season and just have that in my life again. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect of things, but I do agree with you where it, it well, fucking sucks. We can't do what we well, want. Well, make sure you buy your uh, 81 game pot or whatever the fuck you have to do to get in on the ground floor there. So, you know, we can all get our prime locations and you know, all that shit. So I'll sell it. Tony, back, Tony back me up here. Come on. It's yeah. So I haven't, I haven't said much cause I'm, I'm evaluating out the conversation here, but I think for me, I mean, part of the, part of the joy of going to the white Sox game is, is number one, you know, getting to talk with people in lot B and, and have beers with people who you're not going to sit with or see and, and talking about the White Sox before the game. Uh, from what I've heard from my ticket rep, uh, you're going to get your assigned parking lot before you before you show up to the game. You're going to park in your assigned parking space and then you're going to walk up and you're going to show your tickets or whatever. They're going to take your temperature. You're going to go in and you're going to sit in your pod and you've got an assigned bathroom. 
and you've got an, an assigned seat and you've got an assigned food vendor and, and, and things like Johnny brought up like, okay, so if your assigned food vendor doesn't have, you know, what you're looking for today or, or the beer's flat there, um, you don't have the option to just go to the revolution room or, or the craft cave or uh, to any of the other uh, establishments around the ballpark where you can grab something. So, uh, I mean, the potential for, you know, terrible customer service experience, like a, a terrible customer service experience is, is right there for you. Um, you know, you're, you're going to get what it is, especially with the limited seating capacity uh, games where season ticket holders have been refunded their money um, and you've got to sit in, in your assigned pod. So you're not getting your seats. Uh, what I've also heard is that, you know, just because you have tickets in, in your account for May, uh, if the, the limited capacity continues, you're going to be refunded those. And you're going to need to go back out onto the market and buy those tickets. You'll be in line for priority, but you're not going to get your seats. It's not going to be the same ballpark experience. And, you know, for me, um, just personally, I'm waiting for the day that we all get to get back and have that moment. Like when Yohan Moncada had his first at bat at the ballpark, the, the, when Michael Kopech threw his first pitch, we got robbed of that for Eloy Jimenez. And, and just because we're going to have opening day and it's going to be limited capacity. Uh, this, this is the first time we're going to get to see Luis Robert, uh, you know, in, in person for, for most of us. Um, it, it's not going to have the same electric feel. It's not going to have the same, uh, you know, just the roar of the crowd and, and, and the anticipation for it, because it's going to be a different experience. And as a, as a fan, I feel robbed of that due to this. I understand the, the implications around it, but also like, you know, you walk into those moments four or five beers later after you're, you know, coming out of lot B and you're feeling great and you're loose. Uh, the only way you're going to be four or five beers deep is if you're, you know, 50 bucks in on the night before the first pitch even happens. So I just feel like the, the atmosphere, the crowd is going to be completely different than what we've ever been used to. And, uh, you know, I, for me, Johnny, I've been to games with you uh, plenty of times, uh, buzz you as well. Like going to the revolution room to go pick up that free hat ain't happening. And God forbid, like, I don't know, they haven't said anything, but when the, like Tim Anderson launches that home run into, you know, the left field bleachers for a game winner and there's no fireworks, like, how are you going to feel when you're sitting there in the stadium? Yeah. It's, it's going to be a total fucking letdown. And, I, and that's just how I feel. I don't understand. I understand, like, whatever, not giving out promotions for the physical transfer of that. But come on, fireworks go up in the air and explode. Well, I fail to understand how that has to do with COVID. But I think we can – Tinfoil foil we, hat time, Johnny. Tinfoil foil we, hat time. This is all just Jerry Reinsdorf trying to figure out save, save what money. he can cut yeah. Yeah, to save money yeah. no, from the fan good. experience. That's, and, not, that's not so far-fetched to where it you know, can honestly not even be a tinfoil hat time there. <laughs> um, I think I can underline all this because we need to, do need to get to our uh, standard predictions here as we rattle them off. Um, I can underline all this and say, when the White Sox are on the come up, a global pandemic would happen. Hashtag, that's so White Sox. Let's move on. All right, predictions time, boys. Um, I'm going to read off. We're going to go round table here. So uh, let's start and we'll go. I'll read the thing and then it'll go Tony, Buzz, Steve. Back to me. I'll give mine and read off the next category, and uh, we'll, we'll have them prepped, ready to go here with our predictions. Kind of do it rapid fire, and then we can do a little more analysis uh, after that happens. So let's go. White Sox record this year, Tony. I'm going 90 and 72. 
Pause. 92, 92 and 70. 88 and 74. God damn it, Steve. 74. Guys, I'm, this is uncharted territory. Let's fucking go. 93 and 69. Holy shit. How wow. did you have the most? You had the bet. What? Let's wow. go. You did the sixty nine because it's nice. Well, that, that is, I did, I did, I did see that when I was, you know, kind of like putting this <laughs> together, and I did chuckle to myself and say, "Nice," but let's go, <laughs> let's go. I'm, you know, if the experience, the kind of uh, atmosphere can't be the same, let's the team bring the juice and uh, get a, get on a roll here. And I think there's going to be some special performances from some individuals here um, that we'll get to here. So uh, let's go playoff destiny. What happens? ALCS appearance, uh, and that's where they get bounced. Oh, my God, I'm a homer. World Series or bust, man. World Series or bust. Win it? Win it. No, you're fucking winning it. I don't All right. You're winning it. You're winning it. I love it. I love it, Buzz. That's a good one. Steve? Bounced in the ALDS. God damn it, Steve. Okay, I'm with Tony here. Uh, lose in the ALCS this year. So um, next category in our predictions, team MVP. Tony. Yoan Mankata. Yoan Mankata. Yo, yo. I love it. A clean sweep here. Yoan Mankata, team MVP. Let's go. That was part of the big bounce back that I was talking about here. Um, team Cy Young. Tony. Lance Lynn. Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito. Lance Lynn. All right. Uh, comeback player of the year. So this can be from injury, absences, COVID, all that. Tony. I mean, Yon Moncada. I mean, he had a down year last year. It's got to be Yon. I also put Yon Moncada for that because of the, the COVID thing and how it affected him last year. So I think that he returns to 2019 form and he builds on that with a fully healthy, you know, fully healthy body. So same. He, I think he's going to go off this year, hitting in that number four spot. I think Tony's challenging him early, putting him in that position. And I think he's going to thrive and I think he's going to put up big numbers. So I think this is a fairly obvious one. Obviously, Yohan Moncada is the answer if he's going to be the team MVP. Obviously, he's going to be the best bounce back player. But I do want to give an honorable mention to Dylan Cease. Like I said, he's in for a much more consistent year. Maybe not eye-popping, you know, Cy Young shit, but more consistent, which you need out of those depth rotation guys. So I mean, there um, could be an honorable mention there for Michael Kopech as well, depending yeah, on how it goes. Very, very well could be as well. That, that could be one. But mine would be Dylan Cease if I was picking a 1A behind Yohan Moncada. So um, let's go with uh, best newcomer. This includes signings, trade acquisitions, or rookies. Best newcomer, Tony. Lance Lynn, hands down. Liam Hendricks. I think that he's gonna. I think he's gonna do real well, and I'm excited for him. So I'm gonna pick uh, Liam Hendricks here. A lot of hype around him. I think he lives up to that hype. Lance Lynn. He gives them, you know, a third quality starting pitcher, and he's gonna give them very important quality innings that they're gonna need in an elongated season coming off of uh, the sixty game sprint last year. For all those reasons that Steve just said, Lance Lynn, um, best newcomer, all stars. Who's making the all star team, Tony? Uh, Tim Anderson, Lance Lynn, and Yohan Moncada. Tim Anderson, Yohan Moncada, Jose Abreu. I have I have Yoan Mancada, Jose Abreu, Lucas Giolito, Yasmani Grandal, Liam Hendricks, and Tim Anderson. Wow, I love it. I I love the the quantity that you have there, Steve. I don't have as much quantity, but Yoan Mancada, 
Liam Hendricks, Lucas Giolito, and Jose Abreu. That's my all-stars. So uh, award winners, anyone winning any hardware at the end of the season, Tony? I do see an outside shot and I know this goes against some of the other things, but if I had to, if I had to play some money, I'd say Lucas Giolito Cy Young. I've got Lucas Giolito Cy Young. I have Tim Anderson with the batting title. I have no White Sox receiving individual awards. All right. Um, I maybe I should have specified this um, because this is kind of a little more general, but I think this can kind of cover. And if you have any thoughts after I go, um, Liam Hendricks, reliever of the year, running it back to back. I could see um, that. Luis yeah. Robert, gold glove in center. Yasmani Grandal, gold glove behind the plate. Jose Abreu, silver slugger at first. Tim Anderson, silver slugger at third. Or excuse me, at short. You guys got any silver slugger, gold gloves that you want to throw in now that I said those? I would just pretty much agree with what you just said, actually. Yeah, I could see I could see Luis Robert. I thought we were talking more like MVP Cy Young. That, that was a, I, when I was like digging through it. Then though, I was thinking I was like, ah, eh, you know, I'll just throw him in there just for discussion's sake. So, Steve, you got any further on that? Silver um, Slugger gloves. Yeah, I would say Abreu and uh, Yaz on on the Silver Sluggers. I think Lou Bob is going to get fucked on on the Gold Glove because. Assuming uh, Byron Buxton plays like 30 games this year, which you know is a, is a, is a big risk with him, um, I think the voters will will give it to him. 30 games, I fucking love it. I love the Twins hate coming out early here. You know, baseball is just around the corner with that. So, um, guys, we had some questions flooded. I'm glad we get those predictions out of the way. Uh, maybe we'll have to, you know, we we have. I think I told all of you guys to have yours ready, so maybe we can compile these and uh, maybe keep them at the bottom of our rundown here and check back in on them. Uh, as the season progresses, maybe at the all-star break. And then obviously when it's all said and done on our season reflection episode, uh, when that comes around in November or early December. So uh, questions that came through uh, from the Twitter replies. I know it's been great. Thank you to everybody who has um, had these uh, ones come in, in the chat uh, from various places, Facebook or from Periscope. Uh, We appreciate those. So hopefully we answered some of those there, but questions that came in through Twitter, Lucas Perfetti, favorite bat flip of all time. This is a good one. Jose Bautista. Gotta love the uh the the original like bat flip that uh sent everybody into a craze, Jose Bautista. Uh there's been so many awesome ones, but I'm I'm a homer. Tony called me a homer. So it's gonna be Tim Anderson off Keller. And then when he got plunked, you know, the fight broke out. So that's my favorite one because fights are cool and tough in baseball. So I'm I'm taking that one. Yeah, I got to agree with Tony. I think the Jose Bautista one in the playoffs against Texas. I mean, I remember watching that at the gym when it happened, and I literally just screamed, holy fuck, and everybody looked at me like I was from another planet. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. Guys, uh, you're going to hate me for this, but uh, Wilson Contreras is last year against us. He pimped that shit. Yo, what the fuck? Yes, he did. He I mean, did. when you're talking about take out, blur out, like when Tony and I were talking about Nick Schmaltz, a great play for uh-huh. the Coyotes, the guy that we hate, blur out Wilson Contreras, that bat flip was fucking sweet. Maybe not the best of all time, but you guys already went with Bautista, so I just wanted to switch it up there. Um, all right, uh, let's go. You're going to get, you're gonna get booed by some of the new listeners. That Absolutely. You know what? I, 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 you. I, I'm, I'll boo myself, but. I will say he pimped the fucking shit out of that. So uh, that that was a good bat flip. Um, All right. White Sox sell. Uh, Is anyone going to score on this bullpen? I mean, oh, Tony's going first. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. You can go. Yeah, I mean, definitely going to happen eventually. But I think this bullpen is going to be so goddamn deadly that we could trust him night in and night out. 
They'll give I, up two tree unearned runs this year. Yeah. <laughs> a couple two tree. It's going to happen because inevitably I think we have to like have that moment on this show where this team's going to face some adversity. Um, I think that they're going to have a great year, but at the same point in time, there's definitely going to be a few different instances where we're sitting here going like, come on guys, what the fuck? So uh, yeah, this bullpen's going to get scored on, but I think it's, it's built well enough to get the job done. Not on Aaron bummer. Let's say that. All right. Um, next question that we have is Dr. Leval. Why is Ethan Katz going to be the biggest addition to this franchise? Steve, I think you're a good one to start here. I think just a, a new voice. Look, sometimes you have to have a new voice from a coaching standpoint come in uh, to guys that are veterans that, you know, we're so used to hearing the Don Cooper, the Don Cooper tired old cliches, you know, stay tall, throw the cutter there, chief, you know, you know, get ahead, bring in some new fresh ideas and, and just a new voice. Sometimes that's what, what guys need. And I think Dylan sees and Carlos Rodana, I think, are two prime candidates for that. So um, just shorten to the point with that. I'll say the, the biggest reason that he is going to be the biggest addition to this franchise isn't because of what he can get done on the field with some of these pitchers. It's because the, the White Sox have tried again to make another move where they're trying to make somebody comfortable in order to sign here. And I think that they're they're hinging on the fact that he is here and that Lucas Giolito will it will sign an extension with this franchise. And I think that it's one of the reasons that uh, you were able to let James McCann go. It's one of the reasons why Lucas Giolito will be more comfortable here. And on top of that, you add all of the additional benefits that Steve just talked about. I think that's why he could be considered uh, just one of the best additions to this team overall. Yeah, there's a... I kind of agree with everything you just said about that tone. Um, but one thing I like about cats and where I think he's going to be here for a while, hopefully, which is a long while is that if it feels like, have you ever guys heard that term, like a good manager is how you adapt to your employees. Have you ever heard that before? Like that's how I kind of feel about cats adapting to the different kind of pitchers that he's working with. So I think it's a fresh new taste, a hip new taste on what we were lacking before with coop. So I think that he's going to be very important. And just once again, the work that he did with Lucas Giolito, if he can capture some of that magic into pitchers that we have now that we're kind of struggling a la like a Dylan Cease or a Carlos Rodon, and he can get, the, you know, maximize their full potential. I think that that's huge. So that's my, my take on him. No, I mean, you guys took all the legitimate points. Um, I'll go for a joke one here. And that's because the media will milk that Giolito cats connection for all that they fucking can. They already have milked it bone dry. Um, they'll find ways to spin it um, throughout the season. So um, get ready for those beat reporters coming through uh, with those. So, all right. Um, the last one from father, Sean, Sean, Jaco, uh, it says, how long will the, uh, excuse me, how, how long will the longest white Sox home run be and who will hit it? I like this one. We got done. This is a tough one. Uh, it's definitely going to be Dion Viciato when they finally bring him over from the Chunichi Dragons um, and he parks one onto the Dan Ryan. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Luis Robert. I think he's going to hit one. Uh, I, I think he's going to hit one about Nomar Mazzara level at 505 feet. That's what he's going to do because watch out for Nomar Mazzara too, because he will hit the longest home run. It'll be the one home run he has on the year, but he will hit the longest <laughs> home run this season. Probably against us too, Buzz. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> Nick Madrigal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can we bet on that on Bet Rivers? Can we? 
We, we might be able to. We'll we'll try and get in contact with people. There's got to be a problem. Yeah. Um, Steve, you got a other response that you want, or are you just gonna roll with that? Um. No, that's what I'm gonna go with. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Uh, yeah, Luis Robert, very similar to. I think Trojan had that uh, comment there. It's close to what he hit. Uh, I think might have been around there, 486 at Oakland last year. Uh, I'll pin it in that range, maybe so, around 480. Um, uh, Luis Robert pulling one. I'll I'll give my actual answer. It's gonna be Eloy Jimenez when he gets back. He's going 492. All right. I like that. So uh, th- that wraps up those questions here um, for fun stuff. Uh, you know, will there be a game where Yohan Moncada is not picked as our uh, pick to click? That's my kind of question here. Uh, Elias in for our group. Yes. Yes, there will be. Um, if you're new to the show, uh, we do pick to click uh, on every post game show for the next game. Um, and I, uh, Yon Moncada is a, is a common name. However, when this team does go on a losing streak, our picks to click can get a little bit interesting. Ooh, that's true. Think, that's true. I do think that the first three-game losing streak, like, I mean, I'm going Roger Bossard, hands down, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you guys are going to follow it up with something. We, we, we're going to need to pour some out for Coop because that was always a good pick. The, Don Cooper the, the, was the, a good pick. Yeah. Don Cooper can still be a pick as you stick to click. Yeah, I, think. No, I like that. No, uh, yeah, Makato will be kind of uh, having a hamstring issue at some point here and there. So that, that would be that. But I just had to say that because all of our team MVPs here um, figured he'd be a very common. He'll probably be one of the most common ones uh, selected in here. So, um, guys, I don't have too much else here. We're about to wrap this thing up. Uh, let's get some shout outs before we close it down. Shout outs. I mean, there's plenty of shout outs to give. Uh, number one, uh, Tony Crates, uh, the winner of the uh, grandstand and socks on tap giveaway. Uh, he's He's got his Tim Anderson jersey in the mail. Thank you for supporting everybody who uh, entered that contest. Thank you for uh, hopping on, giving us a review, uh, you know, following grandstand, following socks on tap. I, I think that that's the most appropriate shout out. So, Crack them to you guys who uh, participated, followed the instructions, uh, came out to the site and entered the contest. Uh, I hope you guys stick around for our post-game shows and uh, we'll provide a lot more of this throughout the year and uh, we'll have a lot of fun together. So uh, crack them, enjoy that. And there's my shout out, Buzz. Um, So my first shout out goes to Grandstand Tony Crates for winning um, the TA7, the Boys Are Back and the ONTAP Sportsnet Swag Pack. Uh, contest um that's that's him my second i have three my second shout out is to the the good looking guy that recorded a commercial at grandstand i don't know his name but he recorded a commercial there and he was just i mean his arms were huge and it's just a good looking guy and i just i I can't put my finger on his name i think his name's steve but yeah that is my second shout out and then my third shout out is to our boy at Summer George. That is our third shout out. Always making great content. So that's my uh, that's my third shout out. Summer George on Tap Sportsnet Zone. And uh, yeah, those are my shout outs for uh, for today. All right. Well, I'm going to continue the, the trend here. Uh, shouting out Grandstand. Want to give one out uh, specifically to Josh and Stephanie um, over, over there at the at the store. Saw them over the weekend here. Like always, uh, doing a great job helping helping me out, uh, trying to find some items. Look, I got a ten year old niece. I don't know what the hell to to get for this girl. And so Stephanie, you know, really helped me out trying to find a, a shirt for her. So 
So that was good. Um, and then got to give a shout out to my guy, Sal here. You know, we're just uh, we're a few short hours away from unleashing that magical post game winning gif here. So get ready for it. You're going to see it 88 times. One more for the good guys. Right there, Sal. Hell yeah. I love it. Great shout outs there. Uh, yeah, obviously Grandstand and Josh, because he kind of shares if he was on this episode and he was part of our uh, predictions uh, kind of roundtable rapid fire that we did there, he would have said Yohan Mankata too for MVP, uh, for team MVP, if you remember that last Grandstand episode that we have. So shout out Josh and Steph as well, um, because that was awesome having them on last episode. And then uh, Southside Zoe, uh, Matt Swaski, uh, first of all. Crack him, uh, having a bush light for you, Zoe. And second of all, thanks for helping me pump the White Sox ballpark mix back because I made it uh, opening day of spring training. Uh, Going to run another little promo video tomorrow, but he kind of helped me get that back in the news cycle today. So thank you, Zoe. That's my shout out. And that's all I've got for the show, guys. How about you? Final thoughts? Final thoughts. It's great to be uh, talking here on, on, you know, opening day eve with all of you, uh, enjoying some beverages uh, as we always do. And, uh, you know, thank you to everybody who tuned into this. We had quite a few people in here uh, throughout this show. Uh, really enjoyed uh, getting on here with you guys and just, you know, thinking about uh, the season that's ahead of us. Uh, it's going to be a really fun time around White Sox baseball. And uh, hope you guys stick with us and enjoy the postgame shows. Tune in after every single game. And, uh, yeah, sales already coming out with it. White Sox forever, man. I'm just looking forward to getting back to the grind of a 162 game season with all of you. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, to be honest with you. I can't wait to hit games like we talked about earlier, even though it will be different. I can't wait to get on the mic, talk about our favorite team, talk some White Sox baseball and have a good time doing it. So I, I, I just, I, I honestly cannot wait. I'm so fucking jacked up for tomorrow. Like how I started the episode right now. Like I'm starting to get jacked up again. I'm feeling real good that we're going to be able to do this for a whole grind in what is hopeful to be a badass season. So that's where I'm at. I just hope that the team can kind of turn the tide a little bit after the poor showing in spring training. Spring training matters. You got to set the tone. They didn't do a very good job of that here in, in uh, the month of March. So I hope Tony's got a big pregame speech tomorrow. Lots of fire and passion. Uh, oh, I do. I do. I've got a huge pregame oh, speech. He's talking about TLR. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just, I'm going to jump in on every single fucking opportunity I can when people say Tony and bring up my name. I've got a, I've got a huge pregame speech tomorrow. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to get these boys riled up. We're going to win some fucking ball games. That's good. That's good. Look, we, we need that, but they, they got to turn this tide here. Okay. And uh, look, here's the overarching point. You know, we're like 22 hours away. White Sox baseball. Let's fucking go. That's Let's it. fucking go. You need to get jacked up for tomorrow's game. A little shameless self-promotion here. Like I'd mentioned earlier, I made the White Sox ballpark mix like I do every year. This is the third volume of it. Um, it's got a shit ton of White Sox sound bites interlaced over several various songs that you'd probably hear at a Loppy tailgate. And I kind of try to transition them, mash it up, have some of the best moments from last year, some classic clips that are just White Sox related in general. So you want that hour long mix. You just throw play button on um and you know let it go and it gets you pumped up for baseball season go check my pin tweet and you can download and listen there for free and that'll get you jacked up for baseball and we'll be back here with all these post-game shows so boys i think that about does it hey guys white Sox forever white Sox forever white Sox forever but i gotta do my ad reads before we leave for life. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh, oh you got ad reads? Give them I, out. I got, I got ad reads. So everybody that listened to this show live or is listening in podcasting form, 
what you can do. If you want to go bet on the White Sox to win tomorrow in the in the opening day of baseball, start at 9.05. Go to Bet Rivers. If you're not signed up there, use promo code on tap. They'll match up to $250. So if you deposit $250, you're getting another $250. That's $500. I'm not a mathematician, but that's fucking cool and tough. So be sure you're going to betrivers.com, signing up using promo code on tap. Again, go to Grandstand. Go to Grandstand. Check them out, grandstand.com. Follow them on all social media, Grandstand Socks. You can check them there. Be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us all on Twitter at Tony on tap at Nani Johnny at NWI underscore Steve and me at buzz on tap. And we'll be back tomorrow night with the first damn recap. The first post game. Woo. I know it, dude. It's, me, it jacks me, me up. Me and Tony on that one, you and Steve on Friday yes. night. So you get boom, all of us right in the first two games. It, it's it. going to be fucking magical guys. I, I was going to do the grandstand read again, but I don't think I could do it as good as I did the first time. So I'm just going to leave it at that for this first, this first episode here, but we're going to be here, man. Tomorrow night, like Johnny said, it's Tony and Nani Friday. It's me and Steve. Don't miss these. Now we can say white Sox forever. White, white Sox, Sox forever. forever. Hola, puta.